two black people had a conversation about racism not existing in America. Ra- America not being a racist country. Now, when you look at it two that way, black yeah. people when you look at are going are agreeing with each other that racism that America isn't a racist country. Think about that. That's that's alarming. Yeah. That tells you that they are not free to speak. Right. You Negroes, get up there and do as you're told. Yup, this is Season one for the Cool, Calm, Collected One. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for the black male's perspective. <laughs> Walker, we finna cook. Watch it, can you come to our game? Watch it, can you come to our game? Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to thank you guys for tuning into the latest and greatest episode. Shout out to shout out to all of our listeners, both new and old. We thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope you've had a great weekend and are enjoying what I hope will be a great week for you. Gentlemen, Gatchery, how are you? Good, sir. Walker, I'm in good spirits. Why are you in good spirits? We have to do this again. It's the same reason every week. Same reason every week. Moving on from you, Black, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Got the women going crazy in our DMs and whatnot. And I learned an important lesson. What's that? Walker is always listening. Always. It's okay, man. It's all right. You know, you, you just learn something new about me. That's all. Gat Walker, how are it, you, bro? Listen, it's been a good week. Good, good week for me. I actually got my first vaccination shot this week. Hold on, for real? Why are we making an event out of this? <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about it, dude. You are anti. Was I anti? Yes. I was not anti. Yes. Why are you? I wasn't asking you. Huh? Why you keep feeding this narrative? You don't. You're not for the Fauci ouchies. I mean, talk to me, Walker. What happened? Where'd you have to change your heart? Do tell. Lean into this. I need to hear. I'm not lying with you. (laughs) Pause. I'm not lying like you're lying. I never said I was anti. You didn't have to say it, Walker. You know. You know. Sometimes you could read the room. An inside joke that happened <laughs> before we start recording. And which and conversely, Gatry, you know how sometimes you cannot read the <laughs> Which is exactly how that conversation went offline. No, I just got this sense that you were against it. No. Okay. That was never the case. Let me ask now, the question. I was always I, I, I always said I was not gonna be amongst among the first people to get the vaccine. But you are though. Technically still. Thank you. Yes. Let me ask But life is happening. For me, and it, it's made it kind of imperative for me to get it. Like graduations, family outings, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Well, Walker, Walker, we're going to get into that. But I got to ask the most important the important question, which is gang gang or nah? Who's gang gang? Like what set you claiming out here in these COVID streets? I got to um, know if it impacts my trust in you. Uh, Team Moderna, baby. We fighting after the podcast. We fighting. <laughs> you have to fight both of us. He will. 
No, we're on the same team. You're Moderna too? And all the secrets I've told you off air? Yeah. Y'all yeah. ain't gang gang? Johnson & Johnson was not available, so it was Moderna. You would have gone Johnson & Johnson if you had it? No. Actually, <laughs> actually, I did Pfizer. No, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to get that reaction out of you. So you I actually did Pfizer. You are Pfizer gang? Yes, so it's I black am. we can't trust. <laughs> Hey, Black, Black, we gonna catch you outside, bro. <laughs> Listeners, if y'all enjoy Black, he won't be back next so week. So what's the game sign for Pfizer? <laughs> I'm gonna show you after the podcast. You, you kind of do to it. That's they enough, just showed me that after my second that's one. That's enough time for him to run and get away. <laughs> so you want to do this now? <laughs> I think that's how jumping people work. Oh, okay, okay. Nah. Um, I can trust you, Walker. So I'll show you the signs before you get your second one. Because it's customary to learn those after your second one. Okay. So, yeah. All right. It's rules to this, man. <laughs> Did not know that, but thanks for catching me up on hey, that. It's rough out here. <laughs> so, no, no, let's get back to your reasoning. Let's get back to your reasoning. You said you've got events coming up, uh-huh. and you needed the juice so that you can be present at these events? Yes. Okay. Around, the, around those who I love and whatnot. Okay. And, Walker, just my thoughts again. Considering that you haven't really left the house for real, uh-huh. I thought that would be more of a reason why you would stay away from it even longer. Right, but again, life events that are bringing me out of the house. Huh. Right, okay. Like okay. my niece graduates in a week. Yeah. Um. So of can course I? I won't. Can yes, I? Sure. So that's not a that's not a hey congratulations everybody go back home type of day. Okay. We're gonna be kind of out. So y'all have y'all have plans to have something normal ish ish. Okay. Ish. Okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm coming into contact with other people and then there's Mother's Day, Father, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stuff like that. And well, my nobody parents, cares about Father's Day, so you're good. Oh, well, that that's that was a conversation last year we had. Right. What was your answer more to than, that? More than likely going to revisit that this upcoming year. No need to even even go there. No sneak peek on this one. No. <laughs> not at all. I think we all know where you you've already kind of shown your hand. <laughs> Um, no, no, it, it was just those were those were some of the things, and of course, my wife and I just kind of leery about okay, should we do it now, later? Like, what's the what's so the wifey advantage? got shot up too? Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. So, Walker, your approach to this thing now that you've had the first one, are you a little more lax? Or are you still? You're still protecting yourself. I'm still protecting myself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm still protecting myself. You know, the CDC came out and said, all right, if you got your vax, if you got your va- your second vax, if you're with Pfizer gang and you're two weeks out from your second vax, you can go outside without a mask. Granted, it's not populated. Heavily populated. Heavily populated. So I'm thinking like concerts and stuff like that. They still want you to mask up. Right. I was watching the draft last night and most people there were masked up. But the people are still close together, which I thought was kind of kind of interesting. But right, right. But um, but you still considering these events? You still gonna? Yes. Okay. I'm, okay. In, I'm in between shots, so this is just my first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The graduation will be, but if we decide to go, you know, somewhere dinner, whatever, um, down the road afterwards then you know we'll wear a mask it just depends we just play it by ear gotcha but we will be cautious we're not going to be acting is going back to the way things were sure sure because there's a contingent of folk out here in this great state of alabama who say oh i got my vac so i'm just gonna throw my mask in the trash 
So I was trying to see where you were on that. No, no. Okay. I, think, I think you should be careful. I mean, I don't think this it's it's guaranteed. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So no. Um did you experience any soreness? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It it, it was amazing how it hit me because I felt fine. First of all, when I got shot, I was like, Y'all done? First off. Yeah. You don't really feel much. You don't feel much at all, which is great. Yeah. And then as the day went on, I think I reached back for something and I was like, boom, just hit me. Right. Um, The next day, I didn't work out that day. Okay. But I worked out the next day when my soreness began a little, subside a little bit. And bruh, halfway through it, my arm was like, oh, you, oh, you, you. You thought I was throbbing. Let me show you <laughs> something. Me, I got yeah, something for you. Right, yeah. right. No, it, it got it got rough for you, boy. But after uh-huh. after that day, the second day, fine. So you didn't have any other symptoms? No. Okay. So after after the first vax, I had chills and yeah, yeah, yeah it was wow. crazy. Wow. I had chills. I had body aches. I felt like I was getting it again. Yeah. So huh. um, I remember. I remember my I think I got my first vax on a yeah, yeah, yeah I got on a Friday because it was, it was before we were going to come in here I believe and um I remember Saturday I woke up and I was like I told my wife oh I got the vid again like this is real mm. so um I did not take heed to the advice given to me by my medical professional which was take Advil or Tylenol so I pretty I've much heard just, about that. I, you take it before or afterwards or something? Yeah, I, I've heard of people taking it before and I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't do that. So it turned into a day of me being on the struggle bus for the most part. But then, dude, Sunday, it's like nothing happened. So you got it on a Saturday or Friday? I think I got it on a Friday and the next day was rough. Because, I, I, yeah, I remember waking up. It was like 2 a.m. and like my pillow was soaked. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Right. Not yeah. from urine. I'd be impressed if your pillow got soaked from urine, but go ahead. At this age, probably not. Uh, <laughs> hey, Walker, 40's coming, man. I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm going to need you not to treat 40 like that. I'm embracing it, Walker. Embracing what? What the heck happens at 40? You just lose all parts of your bodily functions? You, your bladder starts to wither away at 40. It's can, a fact. Can you, can you relate to? Not at all. Okay. What does he know? He doesn't even. Doesn't even what? Finish that. <laughs> Finish that. What were you about to say? It's um, not important. I know it's not. <laughs> I am happy that you are vaxxed, Walker. I feel Halfway safer. There. The only person in here that's had it. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm about. That's why I'm like, the nerve. That's not important. The nerve is not. <laughs> you talk about have gone to concerts. <laughs> Events. <laughs> I haven't gone to concerts. I haven't been in these streets, Walker. I don't yeah. go anywhere. Yes, you have. You've been vacationing. Walker, that's different. We were isolated. Okay. All right. We drove. I'm curious right now. Who all can hold up their mask? Okay, so let, let's talk about this. This is the real gang gang. No, right no, here. no. Let's Me talk. Let's like, talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's what, talk about what, this. What are we talking about? We're half, talking. We're talking about why I don't half, have a mask half, right now. Halfway vaccined. No, I'm fully vaxxed. Oh, you're fully vaxxed? Yeah, I didn't know that, dude. When did you this, get fully this vaxxed? This past Wednesday was two weeks out. So that's that's the one where you really experienced like the symptoms on your second one. No, no, no. It was the first one. The second one, nothing. nothing. Because I actually read the sheet that they gave you, and they said, "Hey, if you start <laughs> feeling this way, pop a couple Addies." <laughs> 
Did you do Advil? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was just like I could feel. I could feel like I was starting to lose energy, and I was like, ah, this is my trigger. So I went and grabbed two Advil, popped those. It was late. It was late in the night. I was getting ready to go to bed anyway. Woke up the next morning, worked out. It's good. So nothing. Smooth sail on the second shot. Hey man, I'm a soldier. I didn't feel nothing. Well, why could we knew that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no. Okay, so when we get here, I walk straight here. I take the stairwell. No one's in there, right? This is Alabama. Um, no one's in the stairwell. And I come right here. Our studio's right off the stairwell. Okay. And I'm like, I've been trading droplets with y'all for months. So why mask up? So nasty. What? Our droplets are filling the space. Okay. Is that nasty or is that reality? Just the way, just the way it sounded. Just oh, gross. Well, that's the reality. So I'm just like, why am I doing this? And a fully vaxxed baby. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm part of the problem, to, to be honest. But no, when I'm... When I'm <laughs> no, don't just skip over that. No, but no. <laughs> like, like picking up the boys from school, masked up. Going to Publix, ma- going to Costco. You can't get into Costco without a mask. So you know I'm going to mask up for Costco. You know you, we know you found out the hard way about yeah. the Costco. Now, I don't pump gas with my mask on. Okay. Is that... Okay, I didn't Why know not? if I was going to take shots. Because we're outside. So we're, I'm far away. I'm at Costco. Man. We're far away. Man. If your droplets can get to me from the next pump, then I need to have them. Do y'all babysit the pump too when y'all go? Do you think that that's probably how you got it the first time? No, I know how I got it the I'm first time. And it had nothing to do with the gas station. But y'all, I mean, y'all don't babysit the pump though. Depends on depends on if it's broke. Don't worry about that at Costco. Who is this guy black? Where do you get these people from? But no, no, no. You 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 do the thing and you walk away. Yeah, yeah. You listen for the click and you go. You don't touch anybody. Okay. But then yeah, I'm I'm dripping the stuff in my hands, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Do you lotion afterwards? No. Okay. All right. Enough COVID talk. Gee whiz, dude. I'm feeling sick right now. Yeah, you don't have a mask, so it makes sense. I get that. Gang, gang, right? So, nothing else happened in your week? Uh, I'm trying to think of something notable. Oh, dude, check this out. So, I don't know how this happened, but (laughs) I am coaching a summer basketball program. Of course you are. What is that supposed to mean, Caesar Walker? I mean, of course you would be a coach of some league. Yeah. Is that a compliment? Should I be flattered right now? Yeah. Okay. It's not a diss. Why am I triggered? Because that's in your DNA. Anyway, we had our first coaches clinic. Uh-huh. Uh, earlier in the week. I'm trying to think about when Did people... Did I just, I just deal with nothing but defensive drills? No, dude. It was actually offensive. And were, dude, you, were you frustrated? Yes, dude. <laughs> the thing, dude, the thing, the thing was supposed to last an hour. Dude, we're in there two hours watching film, talking about offensive concepts. And why were you frustrated about that? Dude, here, here's my thing, Walker. Why are you frustrated about that? I'm coaching rising third graders. And? They don't need to know what burn cuts are. How do you teach a burn cut? What's the big deal with that? Isn't that going to make them better offensively? It is. But I just don't know. My, my struggle was like, the stuff I was seeing, yeah. Okay, this stuff looks good. But my mind was like, how do I translate this to a on to a rising third grader's mentality? Well, you've coached before. 
Yeah, but we we weren't that detail. You see me, coach. I'm just a cheerleader. I don't know my X's and O's. I'm just out there yelling <laughs> in an encouraging fashion. Would you disagree, Walker? Cannot. You saw it. You, you think I was drawing up? You, I had to. I had the clipboard. I had the dry erase clipboard. But you think I was drawing up plays? I mean, you was drawing like action figures and stuff like that. On it, maybe and words of encouragement. I had a tic tac toe game going with one guy on the bench too. <laughs> But yeah, so it was just a you, culture. You, sh- no, you you playing hangman? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it was a culture shock to me because it's just like, dude, y'all intense with this stuff, and I'm like, well, I that's thought coaching. We just, that I'm, is coaching. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to make the game. Why don't fun you be for a cheerleader kid. then? <laughs> you think that can let me do that? Why wouldn't they? Okay, I may try that next season from the stands. No, 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 no. On, no, on, they on keep the me out of the game on the sideline. On the sideline, and let me know when when they let you do that too. I I may be there. It, anyway, I'm in over my head on this thing, um, but you know, it's an opportunity to coach my son again, so I had to take that opportunity. So I'm sure, he appreciates appreciates that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic about that. So um, that's been that's been on my mind a lot this week since Wednesday. Yeah, like I've been spending way more time thinking about it than I should. Stressing. So yeah. I'm stressing a little bit. I am. Because the thing is, like, it's it's a structured program. So my thing is, like, oh, you know how you are with structure. <laughs> if if I'm going to be evaluated, mm-hmm. like, and they're going to expect the kids to come away with some concepts, if I if if they don't, that's going to be a reflection on my coaching. Okay. And I don't want that on me. Mm. Okay. So, anyway, make the best of it, man. I will, Walker. Anyway, but it's going to make me a better coach, I believe. So even if it doesn't work out, I'll still come away with something. Well, I sound convinced. So shall we uh, try? Is that all you wanted me to say? You have more? No. So what are we doing now? Like what I was going to transition. You stopped me. What are we doing now? We just have a standoff. I'm not even good at that. Go ahead, starting to hate this podcast (laughs) (laughs) um we had a main topic right uh weren't we going to discuss or is that dort no i i approached it as a main topic based on our text conversation but yeah we can talk i've been known to misinterpret things before we can do it we can we can discuss it i mean the only thing major this week man was what biden Biden's joint address to Congress. I mean, that's a slow week when you when you say. Yeah. Nothing. Did you watch it? No. <laughs> Black. Nope. Did you? No. <laughs> Clean sweep. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, I was like, these guys gonna ask me, or did they assume I didn't? It was on Wednesday. The assumption is that you didn't watch it. I right, mean, right. you know, you did. Like, you didn't even know what what. Our main topic was until that is another, several hours ago. That was another fact. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Biden's joint address. He, of course, covered a few things from tax from the tax plan, COVID, uh, the George Floyd Policing Act, wanting that to be passed on May twenty fifth, which will be the actual year anniversary of his death. Wow, it's crazy. That's right around the corner. Um, he also talked about racism and white supremacy in the nation. Which led to, and of course, every time there is an address um, by the president, 
uh, there is usually a response, a Republican response to that uh, address that the, that the president makes from the, the other side of the aisle. In this case, the Republicans representing the Republicans was South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. And he, he made a lot of statements. I think his, his, his address in lasted well, like 14, 15 minutes or so. There's a particular clip that he drew a lot of criticism for. Um, and if you're ready to roll that get, roll it for me. When America comes together, we've made tremendous progress, but powerful forces want to pull us apart. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. I'm going to... After those comments, the next day, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was on Good Morning America, and she was asked about the comments. And this, these were this was her comment. A really quick uh, snippet, but here's that. Senator Tim Scott said last night that America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination with more discrimination? I believe that we need to, well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its, and its existence today. And I Now, th those, that's basically the extent of her answer to that, because she went on into that and into other areas. So question to you guys is, and starting with you, Gat, is, is it possible to have a history of racism? and not be racist uh, in my opinion no and there's there's no other there's no better way for me to describe that than no okay um i'm pretty sure do you have any difference of opinion there i totally agree okay totally agree with gat and so do i i guess my question is dealing with with tim scott's address he basically said that we cannot fight what was it Discrimination, discrimination, with discrimination with discrimination, right? I don't even know what that means. So it <laughs> fair enough. So his statements was there was a time where based on the color of your skin, if you were the wrong color, you were you were inferior, right? Right. Now, based on the color of your skin, you are the oppressor, meaning whites. OK, right. So he, he, he's that's so that's what he's saying. We can't fight this with, we can't, it's almost like we're going from one extreme to the next in his argument is what I'm gathering from that. And any pushback against racism from that angle isn't the right way to do it. Or so I, so I guess my argument to a Tim Scott is, 
okay, you're saying we shouldn't do. I don't think anyone is saying that. First off, right, right. Well, that's not my art. Like I, I feel like I feel like that is a. It was an articulated, a well articulated argument, but it was a bit disingenuous because I don't think anyone who's fighting against racism is labeling all white people as racist right or oppressors right right we just want we just want an america that reflects its values right Mm -hmm. we just want equality liberty and justice for all people and when we see examples of where america falls short then I think it's our duty to call out those injustices, right? Yeah. I don't think that's calling white people oppressors. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Am I am I, am I okay there? So I, I feel like what 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 I feel he's doing is and we'll get into what what I you know the whole gist of it, but I feel like he's doing is he's framing it in a way to any pushback against racism in this country is negative because now fighting against racism is like fighting white people did you get that basically from what he said Mm -hmm. am i missing anything did you what i'm 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 kind of with you but it's almost like he was trying to give his audience who he was actually speaking to more on that yes okay like like (laughs) oh like i'm you are not the problem. You're a victim, also. That's that's what I kind of got from it. There you go. That was a well. That was a great way of putting it. That was a great way of putting it. In other words, again, I think I said this. Did I say this last week, or I may have said it off camera? When we start having these harsh conversations about about racism, it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And what Tim Scott was doing was speaking to that demographic of people who get uncomfortable and feel attacked when the issue of race comes about. Mm, Okay. Right. Yeah. So he was speaking to those people. Now, Kamala came right behind him and spoke to those same exact people. What do you make of that? Uh, I'm I'm still confused on Tim Scott's stuff. Okay. Just because if, and these were his words, but if America is not a racist country, then these issues with race that he's even announcing or bringing to the forefront, do they really exist? The issue that he's brought up? Yeah. What do you mean do they really exist? Well, in, 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 his, uh, in his emphasis on discrimination. Sure. Right? Which we can agree is a cousin of racism. Yeah. Okay. So I'm it's like, the fruit of it. Yeah. It's the fruit of racism. That's a, that's a better. That sounds like a good title too. Um, but yeah. So I'm just like, dude. But you just on one hand you said it, it. This this racism thing doesn't apply to us as a country. Right. But now you're talking about essentially Re- it recent, applying to recent, us as recent a, recent examples of what you've experienced. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's it which he did outline in his address. Right. So I guess my thought is. When I go to when I go to when I hear what Com said and she's kind of piggybacking off the thing like America's not a racist country, but we have a history of it. I, it, it makes it hard for me to digest 
And so I'm, I'm left, I'm left like still, I don't know how to think about these, these battling narratives. I don't because it seems, it seems like we're all contradicting what we're saying. Okay. That's homeboy did homegirl did. Right. It's politic speak. (laughs) Sure. 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 But again, neither one of them believes that. Oh, of course not. Right. Okay. So we agree that that messaging is catered to a certain demographic in our country. Right. Verbal, verbal conditioning. I, I guess. Maybe. Okay. I mean, no, it's just a talking point. So, 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 so can we can we toss that part out and then toss what part out? The the part about America not being a racist country. Because my thing is, if if I can get rid of that, then I could probably provide some more valuable dialogue. That's a big part of what this conversation is about. Oh, well then. I mean, we just don't agree with that. But yeah. I, I, but again, see, to me, they don't believe that. They know that's not true, but they have a job. And I felt like it was it was interesting. It was interesting to me that of all of the Republicans that that went out there to speak against that, they they walked the black guy out there to say that America is not a racist country. Let's talk about that, Walker. That is always that is like the oldest play in the playbook. Like it it really is. Because if a white person, a white Republican gets out there and says that, he's going to get fried. Right? Right. But when you put a black person out there, then it reinforces in the minds of those who want to hear that messaging that there has to be some validity to it because why did the black guy just say that? Right. Right? Right. It's one of the reasons why you look at someone like a Candace Owens and how she's managed to be successful in the conservative space. Right. Right? Because it's a black person reinforcing some of these these talking points that that group wants to hear. Yeah. Right? So that is very effective in that regard. But you have... Republicans and you have Democrats who it's always strategic. It, 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 to me, it's so interesting, even in Tim Scott's speech, that there's always shots thrown across the aisle because it's competition. You're basically trying to shoot holes already three months in into into their administration of what they're not doing. They're not doing this. We did this. They didn't let us do this. They're bad. We're good. They're bad. We're good. Like that's the whole. Again, this is politics. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, let's talk about it. This is why people don't vote. Mm-hmm. Now, you're listening to someone who has voted ever since 2004 when John Kerry ran against George W. Okay. Okay. I voted in every major election and have voted in local elections, midterms, even even those. Okay, so I'm a voter. So it's not like I'm against voting. Okay, but we have to talk about it because we demonize people for saying these politicians don't care about us for real. All they care about is power, whatever, blase, 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 blase. Right. Right. We get mad at them. And tell them, if you don't vote, don't complain. Your vote matters, the whole nine. The reason why I said what I said is, would Kamala have said this six, seven months ago when she was running and campaigning to be VP? Would she have said racism 
America is not a racist country. Would she have avoided that question? No. No, just you don't because think she would have avoided no, it. Just because I, I think I feel like she probably would have avoided it. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, calm on the Kamala did say a lot on the campaign trail. She didn't. She. What do you remember her saying? That was uh, her memorable. smoking weed with Snoop Dogg in college. What did she say in terms of the state of this country? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nothing black. Nothing. I just. When you, I when I hear her speak, I'm thinking in my mind, oh, she's already looking at 2024. That's how I see what she's saying now. It's for when she runs in four years, right? So she stayed away from race on the campaign trail. They they kept her on a leash. You saw her even in the debates with Pence. You forgot? I think I did. I thought she was leaning to this black female thing. No, she can be the angry female in public like that. Now, if she gets okay. if she very comes, subdued, if she gets like just hypothetically, she were to win the presidency in four years and get a second term, I think the second term we'll see who Kamala is. We're not gonna see who the real Kamala is while she's still trying to ascend. So all of this is political strategy, and the, what's so frustrating about this is you're saying you're saying this. See, for black people who showed up, and this is what bothers me about centrist Democrats, is that they really think that there are Republicans out there who really care about them. (laughs) And you'll appeal to them and tick off masses of black folks who showed up for you. Right. Right. So, again, like you're going to go after what? A low percentage of, of Republicans who may vote for you because you're being center just to win their votes and piss off a bunch of black people in the process? Is that really worth it? Is that a great strategy? Yeah, to lose Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just... It, and and that's, that's one of the things that, that frustrates... Again, three months after you're in office, you're going to say that. And again, you don't have to agree with people who, who, who scoff at, at voting, but that's what they're talking about. The moment you get our votes, then you turn around yeah. and say something ridiculous like that. Right. And if we're going to, if we want people to turn up and vote, then we got to have the same energy for the people we vote in office that they stay on message. How do you do that? Give her a hard time the same way people gave Tim Scott a hard time. There are a lot of people who had a lot to say when Tim Scott made his statements Radio silence when Kamala uh, made that statement. They're almost getting the benefit of the doubt. But again, it goes back to what I said. But what benefit of the doubt? Uh, I mean, Kamala's black, so he's black. What's the point? They both said the same thing. <laughs> I honestly forgot that he was they black. said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But it goes back to my point that I made with Q. We're more loyal to a party than we are our own skin color. Which is we issue. will we will flame a dude, a black guy. Just because he said something ridiculous, but the black woman will come right behind him and will agree with those statements partially. And she gets a pass. She gets a pass because she's on the Democratic side of things. So we'll look the other way. But I thought we were mad at him because of what he said. She basically said the same thing. The hypocrisy in that. What's the backlash if Calm is real and says, hey, America is a racist country? 
There are a segment of people who don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that the country that they're willing to lay down and die for is racist. Doesn't make them feel good. And they will they will play they will entertain that lie to the grave if they have to. But when you are forced to face the harsh reality of it, again, this conversation about race doesn't make everyone comfortable. Right. Doesn't make them feel good. It makes them have to really face some realistic consequences and situations in our country if you have that conversation. So many people just divert from it, right? Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and now it's on him being ungrateful, uh, spoiled rot, spoiled brat, uh, unpatriotic, hate the troops, da 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 da. Not racism and how blacks are being treated by cops, because that'll. Oof. Let's talk about what he's doing, right? Right? Let's yeah. deflect. But if we really focused on the issues, how there are a lot of people who will not feel comfortable with that conversation. And historically they have not. That's true. It's just weird to me because America is not alone. There is racism throughout the entire world. But again, mm. America prides themselves on being the best. There's again this this arrogance and this sense of patriotism. That America is the leader of the free world, right? That's what these are. These are titles we give ourselves, right? <laughs> the leader of the free world can't be racist, right? No, the country is built on. I mean, you, look at the wealth gap. Like, look at like look at access to education. You look at the fact that we make up what thirteen percent of the population, but from us from a percentage standpoint, as it pertains to unemployment, who's at the top? Yeah. You. I mean, again, it's like you look at how many of us are in prison. Right? Like, how many of us are more likely to go to jail for the same crime? Right? Serving longer sentences. Like, we, we're we at the top of everything that represents negativity, but at the bottom of everything that's positive. You're telling me that racism went away, Tim Scott? We've gone from, we've gone from racism to mistreating white folks? That's where we are in our country? I think George Floyd would dis- beg to disagree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, there are people who are no longer here because of racism. Yeah. Like, don't leave me in the dark. Like, no, I, no, no. It, I, I mean, I agree. But but he's solving it with police reform. Was that in, later on in the speech? Yeah. That was part of his speech. Tim, I would have liked to have seen what was in what was what was in his proposal. Tim was talking about police reform. Said the Dems shot it down with the filibuster. Oh, okay. Huh. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Now that, intri- that intrigues me. Uh, to what extent? That the Republican Party would want to have a conversation about police reform. I don't. Again, again, you can have a plan. And again, I'm not I'm not saying it's like this, but the point I'm making is that Trump had a plan for black America. So you rolling your eyes. But the point I'm saying is you can have a plan and it can get shot down. But how good was your plan? How serious were you about putting the plan into practice? How long has he been a senator? You see my point? Yeah. Now you want to do police reform? You knew black folks been getting tagged. You black like what? What? Come on, like this is your only shot? How often 
the Democrats get stuff shot down by the other side. Y'all do this to each other is my point. Y'all are coming. And that's what's so frustrating to the person who's being told once every four years to, to, to take off work, <laughs> to go vote for somebody who don't even know your name is that you'll, you'll, you'll say all the right things once every four years. But once you've got our vote, you're back, you're back to fighting with this other group for power. And lost in the shuffle are the people that you you swore you were going to look after. Like it's all a political game. You know what it sounds like? Sounds like you just described a pimp. <laughs> like where's the, where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> Tell you everything you want to. Yeah. Then once he gets you, once he gets you, back on the streets you go. Yeah. Better have my money. <laughs> <laughs> Or in this case, my vote. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Kamala's part of the system, man. She's part of the system. So they're all puppets is what you're saying. Yeah. Puppets for power. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can sit up there is two black people. Two black people had a conversation about racism not existing in America. America not being a racist country. Now, when you look at it Two that way, black yeah. people you look are going are agreeing with each other that racist that America isn't a racist country. Think about that. That's that's alarming. Yeah, that tells you that they are not free to speak. Right. You Negroes get up there and do as you're told. America, ladies and gentlemen, you got anything else? No, this is a weird situation. It is. Why yeah. is it weird? It's America. America is a very weird place. Just saying. But it's not a racist place. According to two people we just got finished talking about. Prayer list? America. Dude, that we can put them on the list every, every week. week. <laughs> every week. I, did y'all did y'all uh did y'all hear about this Andrew Brown situation? Yeah. So yeah, I'm late to the party on this, but um, for those of you who don't don't know, another situation. Yeah, yeah. another example. I'm, I'm just glad it has nothing to do with racism. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even in America either, was right, it? Well, yeah, so it couldn't have been yeah, racist. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Andrew Brown uh was shot and killed uh by police deputies and. Elizabethtown, North Carolina. Yes, I may have butchered that name. Or Elizabeth City. Elizabeth City. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth City. Town is in Kentucky. Gotcha. This happened a while ago, Walker, and uh, his family have been pressing the local police to release the body cam footage. So there have been a uh, protest, uh, peaceful, if I might add, and uh, they want they want to start the journey for justice. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, Walker, but I did read that an autopsy was released and it showed that he was shot several times, but one shot was in the back of his head. Yeah. So um, Tim Scott line one on that police reform here. I want to hear about it. But no, but seriously, prayers for his family. This is uh, this is an unfortunate situation. And um, I pray that they start the journey to justice and uh, which would lead to some tangible level of healing for for his family. So because he, he had I, I know I know his son has spoken out several times, but I mean, he, he had children. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, I guess here's where I'm negative, Nancy, but I'm prayerful, just like you are. You got the district attorney already saying that law enforcement opened fire after Brown's car came in contact with them. Mm-hmm. So him, I mean, and, and, and what now the, the, the only thing there is we need to see the, the police cam footage, right? Right. Because that's going to tell the whole story of what actually happened. Right. Um, the judge ruled that, uh, the family has seen the video. Oh, but the video won't be released to the public for another 30 days. That's what the judge agreed to. I don't know why that is, but yeah. So, um, the, a neighbor basically said that no, the, uh, the vehicle did not come in contact with police officers before they started shooting. Um, but I'm just waiting to hear, I I'm just waiting to see the, 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 the video. Yeah. I just want to see the video because it's, it's his, it's witnesses words against the district attorney's words who oh. clearly is on, is on the side of the police here. Right. Right. So, um, I'm not hopeful, unfortunately, because you already got some pretty powerful people already have 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 chosen sides here. So um, even with the judge, I'm I'm curious as to what that's about to why he didn't want the video released immediately. Right. So that um, concerns me. but my thoughts and prayers are with the family and um, rest in peace to this man. This is a, another unfortunate situation. It wasn't armed. Right. Right. It wasn't armed. So, yeah. Jaslyn Jaslyn Adams was a seven-year-old girl in Chicago. Unfortunately, her and her father were in a Hammon Square McDonald's drive-through. Uh, when two individuals got out of a vehicle, they pulled up beside the vehicle, uh, or they actually pulled up behind the vehicle and began opening fire at the back of the vehicle. Lord have um, mercy. The vehicle rolled forward a little bit and they actually pulled up to the side of it and and kept shooting at the vehicle. Those two men have since then been apprehended, um, which I'm happy to report. But unfortunately, uh, it took the life of seven year old Jaslyn. Um, Her father was was struck by a bullet, but but survived. Um, So I'm glad that those two have been brought into custody. but our thoughts and prayers are definitely with the family of Jaslyn Adams as well as her father. Um, I'm pretty sure that's incredibly um, traumatic. Um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's just it's just us being just dysfunction in our community, man. And there's no there's no place for that at all. But um, they are they're under police custody and justice, as I'm pretty confident, will be served with those two. And they will be off the streets. But again, another 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 life senselessly taken. So I thought some prayers are with the family. You you got a praise report, anything? I don't. Okay. So Pretty somber. Sh- Good night. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um Dort. Let's get Doherty Walker. Um Steve Harvey. Discuss. <laughs> Discuss. We'll brighten things up here. Let's go. So, uh, a a clip from a interview I think that was held in 2010 resurfaced recently, and uh, Steve Harvey, <laughs> you can hear him saying essentially that men and women cannot be friends. 
Uh, he got blasted on social media. Well, yeah, he started off by saying that he couldn't do it. Right. He cannot do it. But. And then he went on to say 99.9% 9. of men are just like me. Well, Walker, I was triggered by this. It's not a shocker. <laughs> no, number one. Why uh, were you triggered? Why was I triggered? Why were you triggered? Because Walker. And now, I can, let, me ask, let me ask you this before you answer that. Were you triggered when you heard Tim Scott's statements? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Confused, you, but triggered. Were you triggered when you heard Kamala's statements? <laughs> yes, even more so. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so you've been triggered throughout this podcast. I have. And 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 to to <laughs> to elongate that sidebar, reading it because y'all sent me the article. Reading it was one thing, but hearing it, okay. totally different. Totally different. It hit different when I heard it. Okay. So anyway, back to Steve Harvey. So, uh, so yeah. So here's why I'm triggered by this. I am a guy who, for most of his life, have been in the friend zone with women. <laughs> it's just the honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the honest truth. It's not, and I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed of that. Can it, we, can, well, you should be. Let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. Let's not make this about me. Let's 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 keep the let's keep the light on Steve Harvey here, okay? Okay. We didn't fine. discuss or trash Ronnie's dating history <laughs> in all twenty minutes of it. But no, like, but no. Feel like this was a nice deflection on your part. But go ahead, <laughs> no. go off. Well, I have to explain why I'm triggered. Why are you triggered? Because I've had and still have numerous friendships with women, women that have no plans on doing anything extra with. Right, so maybe that's a good thing, married man. <laughs> right, <laughs> but but you you know what's funny, and I know my situation is unique. I understand that, and I will acknowledge that. Why is your situation unique? Because the woman I am married to now, she and I didn't even start off as friends. That's that's fine. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like when I think about our relationship. I do have a question about that. Go ahead. We'll, no, we'll hold that for the end. Keep going. When I assess our relationship. The friendship part of our relationship was really brief. <laughs> it was really brief. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, so I think about that and I'm like, okay, am I the point 0.1% or he has no data to back that up, Gatry. No, but, but he, that's his opinion. And we're talking about his opinion. Sure. And here's what, here's socially what I don't like about like, it. Like that's not even a number. <laughs> Okay. Based on how he just threw that out there. Socially, what I don't like about it is he's projecting the image that we as men are only out here for meat. Okay. Right? Okay. And that's that's a that's a social construct that I know. I mean, it impacts me. It doesn't make me feel, you know, great as a man because I mean I I believe women bring a lot more to the table than just that. And they're not just pieces of meat. Simp behavior right here, Walker. Um, <laughs> you still don't know what that word means. I don't. I don't. I did that for social media. But like Sure but, you did. But but his his comments, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, men only stick around as friends because when they get that little crack, when something happens, maybe in the relationship that that female friend is having with a guy, all they want to do is wait for that and then pursue. And if that doesn't work out, then okay, we can't be friends, I'm bouncing. 
That isn't that that couldn't be farther from the truth. Some guys do that though, right? Some guys do that. Okay. Say it again, Walker. Some guys do that. But do 99.9% of guys do that? That wouldn't make it some. My mic has been dropped. What you got, Walker? I, I feel like a lot of that was projecting. And again, there's nothing wrong with speaking from your personal experience. And I feel like there's nothing. I feel like it's commendable to be self-aware enough to say, you know what? I'm not good being in platonic relationships with females. If I develop a connection with them, I, I'm tempted. It's best for me not to even play with that. I can respect Steve for saying that, right? Or being aware to know that that's a boundary for him, right? If you're setting boundaries, part of the thing of being a mature adult is setting boundaries for yourself and not overstepping them. So I feel that's highly commendable for him to set boundaries for himself. The problem, though, is that when you take your personal experience, something I talked to you about, and you make it a rule for everyone else. In other words, if I can't do it, you can't do it. And that's not necessarily true because we're not all monolithic. We're not the same. There are men who actually do value relationships, platonic relationships with the opposite sex beyond that of a, I mean, again, that's what platonic means. It's a non-sexual relationship, right? right? And so there, I mean, again, I have been fortunate to build, uh, to build friendships, genuine friendships with women of the opposite sex. Like, again, I bounce things off them. They bounce things off of me. That was one of the things that I was talking about a few weeks ago when I talked about explaining the concept of women needing men is because I was saying that as men, let's model what that looks like. Let's be, let's, let's foster healthy relationships with women that are platonic, right? Let's, let's, let's be, uh, guys who women can look to for listen to have your back to understand you to you know what I mean to, to to encourage you the whole nine like there are men out there who aren't just trying to sleep with you there are men out there who do value you more beyond your body and let's let's show that right so to Steve so, so the point that Steve was making is that I just don't think that's that's your situation that's not that's not ours you know what I mean? And I don't think that's fair to put that on all men. Like all men, like again, like who are you? Like you don't speak for us. You don't speak for all men, right? So I, that's that was my thing with 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 uh, Steve Harvey. There is that I think it's a good it's a good suggestion if you don't have self control. It's a good suggestion if that's your if that's how you see women. A, a very a very it's it's an immature way to relate to women that all I see them is someone who I could potentially sleep with. Right. But as you evolve and get beyond that, you should see them for much more than that. Gotcha. Because that I mean, again, uh, some of the female friends I have dope, incredibly dope, and I value those relationships. Yeah. But yeah, I, again, I think that's a very um, immature way of looking at it. And my thing is, Walker, had he just said, "This is just how I am." I don't, think, fine. I don't think we have a I conversation. Think, I don't think it's a conversation. But you cross the line when you say, oh, all men think this way. Yeah. Or 99.9% .9 of men think this way. I mean, you might as well you say all. Triggered. Yeah. You might as well say, yeah. I mean, it's basically well, saying I don't all. know. There's outliers in everything. But. I mean, there's, I mean, you have gay men who are gay. Like, right. clearly, they don't think that way. <laughs> well. Well, what? Could, could gay men be having platonic relationships with men? Waiting for that crack? Pause? <laughs> <laughs>
He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Finish him. Sorry. Just <laughs> all the sound effects here. <laughs> Oh man, um, I, I can't speak on that because I don't know. But it, you it's changed, a comp- you changed the conversation. Sorry, though. it's a compelling thought though. But yeah, anyway, Steve Harvey. Uh, we yeah, I don't know. We don't we don't really vibe with you on that. But it's all good though. Um, Doctor Umar Johnson was on the Breakfast Club this past week. Doctor, discuss. Okay, who's Umar Johnson? Do you know who Umar Johnson? I have no idea who this guy is or where he came from. <laughs> is that your first time knowing? Voiced. Really. Truly. How did you even come across that interview? Uh, it was jumping on my IG timeline. So I was just like, okay, every other person on here is posting this clip. Let me go ahead and watch the full thing. And I watched, I think the whole thing was like an hour 15. And I, I probably leaned into about 35 minutes of it. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I know my wife's going to want to watch this. So I kind of paused it there. And then when I got back home that night, we watched the whole thing. So yeah, that was Monday. Okay. Are you disappointed, Walker? I'm just uh, again. I'm surprised you even knew who Umar was to wanna to wanna talk about this pre-show. Well, well go ahead. You just found out who Umar was this week, so you're so shocked you, that I that I was even on even aware of this Breakfast Club interview. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Am I wrong for being shocked? Yes. Why? Because enlighten me. I am the least racist person in this room. That's why, that's why. You just want to hit all the buttons today, do you? I have to. Walker, this is a crazy episode. <laughs> Umar Johnson is very pro-black. And if you're watching this show and you think that Walker is extremely pro-black, Umar Johnson is my match, okay? He is pro-pro-black. They talked about everything... Um, they talked about the girl who actually got shot that we discussed. Uh, was it Micaiah? Yeah, Micaiah Bryant. Um, he they discussed that situation. He felt like the officer was just wrong. Period. Right. That was one of the things he talked about. He talked about his school, and he talked about interracial relationships. Of course, that was something he had been on the on the Breakfast Club before. And made comments about that. And of course, Envy had to circle back around and ask him, did he still feel that way? Uh, what else did they, what, what were some things that stood out to you? Where did you uh, want to take this? So th- those were, those are great points. The only other notable thing that I recall bringing from this was, uh, again, the Biden administration and their responsibility to black America. Oh yeah. Good one. Good so one, good in, one. in keeping it, can I, can I, okay. In keeping with the breakfast club narrative, um, we all recall because we talked about it here when Biden was campaigning and he stopped by the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. and he left us all with a very striking message of if we didn't vote for him, then we weren't really black. Right. Right. So uh, I, th- I thought Dr. Umar Johnson did a clever job of calling Biden to the to the table, kind of like you're saying we need to do on a bigger scale and asking the question, well, if we were black and we if we were black and we voted for you, then why aren't black people getting the same legislative protection that Asian Americans are getting and transgender people are getting? Where is our piece of the pie, right? So um, I had never heard that level of constructive criticism displayed the way that Dr. Umar Johnson did. He's a great orator. By yes, the way. and but I thought it was brilliant. It was something I never thought of before, and I was like, man, this guy's got a point. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this is this is nothing against the transgender or Asian American communities. Nothing against them. I don't know why you would take offense to that. Right. I'm just saying it for our PC people that listen. Like you. <laughs> and I do listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's why I said it. Okay. Okay. But yeah, but it's just like, wait, hold on now. Hold on, Biden. <laughs> right. What about us? You leaned on us. It goes back again, it goes back to Kamala. Like if 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 you're going to make that if you're going to make if you're going to appeal to us in that way, then turn around just three months in the office and make that statement. Like this is why people say this is why people ask why should I vote? Right. Like you just confirmed, you just confirmed their whole stance. Yeah. But back to Umar. So yeah. So I I I could not agree with him more on asking that question, calling them to the car to call them to the table. I don't know how to say that. But um, but yeah, call him on the carpet. Yeah, call him on the carpet. Thank you, Walker. Uh, another, are we going to elaborate more on that, or can I go into my thoughts? Go into your thoughts. Okay, I'm going to leave. My last thought's going to be about the interracial thing. All right. Um, but I do want to talk about his school, just because um, I know in my in my social circles, one of the focuses we talk about pretty regularly are or is supporting black owned businesses Mm -hmm. okay transparency again right here i'm just laying my whole body on the table so i traditionally have struggled in supporting black owned businesses i've been burned significantly and you y'all know about my latest incident still being burned but (laughs) but i've been burned several times by black businesses but here's the difference walker since my wife started her business I've had to change my my viewpoints on my support for black owned businesses because I can't be out here being critical of your black owned business when I'm married to a when I'm married to a woman who runs sure. a black owned business, right? Sure, sure. So it is I guess it is enhanced my level of patience. I'm I'm veering off. Let me bring it back. I say all that to say because Dr. Umar Johnson in his interview was talking about a school that he's having built he is adamant upon all hands involved of this school being black right uh-huh. um he says he's three weeks out and that's only because he cannot find reasonably priced black owned business labor to finish the plumbing the electrical and a little bit of structural i think he said uh, oh yeah, he talked about the building. How the building is what ten years? Ten, 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, old? yeah, yeah. It was a charter school and it was abandoned. Whatever, mm-hmm. not abandoned, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, what I want to say about that point, and forgive me for veering off, was I know me. If it were me building the school, it would be easy for me to be critical of black-owned businesses that I would try to partner with to get support to get the school finished. Right. But I don't feel like he was critical. I felt like he was understanding and he brought light to another issue in terms of black owned businesses, maybe not having the same opportunities as other businesses have. Right. Because he, he, he and I'm going to paraphrase this. So y'all forgive me. But I thought it was so powerful. But he was like, you know what? I'm not even tripping. I get it. I get it because you've got your own struggle out there trying to exist as a successful black owned business. Now, I'm trying to lean on you and partner on you and maybe not pay you wages that really that you that you really qualify for maybe a little bit less that you deserve yeah that you deserve because i'm dealing with a limited budget so i get it i'm not tripping off that and i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna do whatever it takes no matter if it you know takes me years i'm still gonna stick to my whole thing of 
having black hands finished building this school. Okay. So I learned a lot in hearing his comments on that. And it helped me shape how I view other black owned businesses. Okay. So, yeah. So, well, again, I, I just, I don't, why have you been burned by a non black business? Yeah. So you don't have an issue supporting those two? <laughs> Some of them. Yeah. But it's just it's just it's just the narrative we create. Yeah, that's and like that's and like there's one there's fair. one homeboy in particular that makes me feel bad because I don't seek out black owned businesses first. Yeah, but I guess my thing is when you say that I've I question anyone who 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 takes this like yeah I, I've been burned by black owned but have you been burned by non black owned businesses? Yeah, but you still patronize them. You still support people who look like that, right? You don't even think about it, but you just go on to the next. But why is it that 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 black and again, this is the issue of black people in this country. When you run across a bad example, we all have to carry the weight of that person's mistake. That's why when you find that there was a loose shooter somewhere and you find that that person's black, everyone says, oh, God, here we go, because we feel as though we have to carry the weight of that person's mistake. Why do we do that with each other? Is what I'm saying. I got nothing, Walker. Okay, okay. I, but just know that my viewpoint has changed. I'm happy it since has. Since listening to that, I'm happy it has. And, and, just, and don't get me wrong. I've, like, like I've told y'all, I'm not going to expound on it. But I'm in a situation with a black-owned business now that is getting <laughs> is getting pretty I, intense. I could have told you to stay away from that person, but right. But I'm. I'm now I'm inspired to hang in there and try to really resolve this deal. You don't have to. No, 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 no. See, you don't, you, you don't get it then. So what I'm saying is cut that person loose. But if you can find another black owned business, because I don't think he's as, as slipshod as the next person. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, you don't have to suffer at the hands of a black owned business for the sake of supporting a black owned business. If they're not getting the job done, move on from them. But if you can find someone who wants your business and wants to be legit and above board, give them a shot. If they blow their shot, that's on them. It's not because you don't believe in black owned businesses. They just messed up. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yes. By all means, let this guy go. I mean, the stories you told us offline, my goodness. But yes, find someone who's willing to do better work than this person who's black owned. If you can find them. Mm, Okay. That's all I'm saying. Make sense? Yeah. What you got? Oh, were we going to talk about the interracial thing? Yeah. Okay. You go ahead. It's on your heart. <laughs> he. I know. This is. Did you get triggered? Again? Yeah, I no, did. I, I did. Because uh-huh. you know, I don't have a problem with interracial relationships. I don't. Um, I didn't. It. But but again, you prefaced us by saying he's extremely pro pro black, which it didn't take extremely pro black. It did not take long for me to figure that out. <laughs> um, but. So if if your your son, your son, your son grows up 16, 17's prom season, he's got a date. She's not black. Do you tell him what Umar would say to him is that I'm no. disappointed in you, son? No, 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 because I will say this. If I was genuinely disappointed, 
I'm gonna have to go to the mirror and tell that guy that I'm disappointed too. Why? I put my son in this situation. Okay. I gotta take responsibility for that. Okay. Could I be petty and say that, you know, this is more of what my wife wanted? Of course. But the, at the end of the day, that's my household. It's it's all on me, regardless. But if I'm putting in a situation where he is, and he is, the only black kid in his class. Goodness gracious. What should my expectation be realistically? Mm. Okay. And again, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. I don't. Okay. I've been in a situation in my education where I've been the only black kid in the class. Okay. So why do so, you have a problem? So why do you have a problem with what he said? Because I just think, I think when you, I don't think love should have a color. Okay. Just like I've said before, I don't think music should have a color. It does, but okay. It does not. Okay. It does not. Fine. It does not. I said fine. So now, now you're saying, and I may be a little hypocritical in this. How? <laughs> because I'm, I'm married to a black woman. Go on. So when when you shape a narrative to say that your love can only exist within this race, I got issues with that because love is, love is a real thing. He didn't say that though. Well, that's how I took it. I'm, I'm glad you said that. He didn't say that. That's how I received it. Okay, I received a very, very pro black message when it turn when it comes to relationships and love. He, he, here's a pro, here's a pro black message. I'm going to paraphrase him. He said it ain't really about love; it's about business. Remember when he said that? I do remember now. Because when yeah. you get divorced, you're not trying to get half your love back. You it's about business. It's about assets, right? And as a black person, you're going out, and the idea is to give back to your community, right? Or to build up your community, then how can you do that? Built by not building a non-black family. That was his argument. And you're you're sharing assets with a woman who understands and has that same mission. That's the logic. But for him, which I don't fully agree with, is that it's not about love, really. It's about the mission and it's about the business of strengthening, building a black family to build the black community, so on and so forth. Right. That's the way he, that's the way he, to frame it, that's how he put it. But, but you just disagree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, okay. and I took that differently. Okay. So, cause yeah. I, I feel like the messaging is what <laughs> if you're black to your point, Stay with your kind. Forget, stay with your kind and forget your whole obligation to love. Okay. Approach it as a business thing. Okay. Because your main focus should be to, to build a black community. Sure. And I got fleeting thoughts from that too. So Okay. Because <laughs> I think it just ushers in a whole different set of issues. I don't love you, but you got access to resources. So Umar says this, you black, I'm black. Hey, let's go do this thing. I say this, man. Um, it can count, it can sound wild coming from a black guy, but there are a lot of different races and groups of people who feel the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. So this is not that's, that's true. This is an, true. this is an age old thing. That's like true. again, we we was talking. If if could you imagine? Could you imagine if could you imagine if we were single, dating uh, an Asian, Asian Asian woman? 
what how her family would probably think initially and the expectations they would have. I know what he's doing. <laughs> I what? know exactly what you're doing. What? Our off-air conversation. I'm guilty of the same thing. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Could Walker. Imagine Mission a- accomplished. Okay. Before we demonize this guy, this stuff is out here. And in 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 his see, here's the thing. I don't think I don't think there's nothing wrong. Oof. Can I? You gonna give me some time on this one? I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting your child to marry within their race. Right? I just don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's nothing wrong with that. I think where it becomes a problem is you don't accept who they choose. That's where families get in trouble and they begin mistreating the person that their child chose. Cause there's a possibility that you can choose someone from within your race and you still have a disagreement about who that person is based on whatever factors. Sure. Right? Sure. Okay. Continue to cook, sir. Sure. Like again, you can do you again, you can choose someone I mean, you you see with other cultures, right? Right? Yeah. So you can choose someone, but if you mistreat that person based off the fact that they're not that's when you get into trouble. You can have a preference for your child but your child has to live their own life or your loved one has to live their own life right nothing wrong with wanting that because you understand the point of legacy instilling you know what i mean like the, i i get that people want their culture and legacy to live on and it's what's better way to do that for them to marry within their race i get that but if they find love and choose to do it with someone outside of their race that's their decision that's their life and you have to respect that you got your own life. You did it the way you wanted to. Closing question for this. Yeah. Should those type of relationships be business-based in your, in your. What relationships? Just who you decide to. I don't want to, I don't want to use a married word, but you know what I mean? Should I, should, do you think we should marry people for business decisions? Mm, no. Okay, thanks. I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. But I'm not I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it, but I I think I am. I am mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I don't think that should be your leading reason to marry somebody. How big of a factor do you think that should be? How big of a factor? Yeah. Well, at first I think you should marry because again, I believe in Ideally, I believe in put your hand down. You don't even know where I'm going. So ideally, I feel that in a perfect world, you have a man who's pursuing purpose. You meet a woman who's pursuing purpose. Both of you are really good at what y'all do. Okay. You're both of you are have found fulfillment in what you do to the point where it's attractive to see that person speak about what they're passionate about. How do we merge our worlds together and how do we continue to build our future based on us operating in our future and passion? That can be business related. That's a partnership. Isn't business partnership? Didn't he all those words used used interchangeably? I'm talking about marriage though, Walker. Do you think marriage is only for love? Yeah, should it not be? Love only? Just love? Oh, let me read my vows again. I don't remember any business agreement in here. So you want me to start from the top again? 
because it takes you a while to catch up. So, so if you have two people who are operating in their purpose, you want to find someone who's fine, who's operating in their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Should that be the goal? Yeah. Okay. You have to find out how to bring those two worlds together. But but if something happens and they and can no be, longer operate in their purpose, then is that my ticket out? Because the agreement was... That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking a question. I never accused you of saying that. No, I don't think so. Okay. So it makes me, it makes me devalue... The importance but, of the business part of the partnership. But why are you looking at the business part of it from a negative aspect? Because I believe a marriage, if, if we're talking in, in the same context here, is going to be more about business. No, not necessarily. That's okay. just a component of y'all's okay. relationship. If if something if something happens to me and I become unable to generate income, uh-huh. I would expect that my wife, granted that I'm still doing the things to show her that I love her as best I can... I would not expect her to say, oh, "Okay, well, you're you no longer can live in your purpose anymore. I'm out." That's not what I'm saying. I never said you were saying that. I'm but telling why are you looking at it from a negative? I'm not saying that's how that's supposed to go. I'm saying that's just a component of y'all's relationship. Sure, y'all love each other. Y'all are best friends. Okay, but y'all two are also. It's a component. It's how a component. heavy is that component? How heavy is it? It depends on the couple. Yeah. Okay. Obviously not heavy for you. No, no, and that's fine. But don't don't scoff at if if it is a component for other couples, because it's probably not an issue for them. Steve Harvey. So anyway, <laughs> now my Steve Harvey two point No, just Derek Jackson. <laughs> just one question, I guess, Ronnie. With you, you would have married. Her regardless like if she had no job you would have married her for love alone yeah he, he, he wait 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 she didn't have a job when i married her what was she doing though she was in school to do what whatever she, she's doing you to her knew profession. she was gonna have money but i'm answering your question would i marry her if she didn't have a job yes and i did that if she had no, if she wasn't doing what if she had, what, no ambition. No, that wasn't what I got into it for. Okay. Dude, listen, 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 and I'll say this again. I love say, I love talking about this. I did not like her when I first met her. <laughs> I didn't. Nothing mattered. Her, her being in dental school didn't matter. I didn't like her. You, I didn't with, like her. You lead with that so much. But I grew to love her because I spent more time with her and found out who she was as a person. Okay, fair enough. All right, you got there. You finally got there. Okay. It wouldn't have mattered what she was doing. Okay, fine. Fine. Does that answer your question? Sure, we can move on. I'm done. Who turned the heat up in this piece? I don't know. I don't, but I don't you've been turned the volume up. But you've been <laughs> triggered for like the past hour. Did you have anything else to discuss? I, I mean, I want to talk about the draft, but I don't think you trash. Know that. <laughs> shout outs and player of the week. Let's get out of here. Uh, my shout out goes to Russell. Oh, you going first? Well, yeah, let's switch it up. Oh, you want to go? Ooh, still triggered. <laughs> But this is just a business partnership, so I should be fine. Yeah, there's no love. Really? Oh, oh <laughs> never has been. <laughs> Go ahead, Walker. <laughs> Forgive me for having this microphone. Why he put his hand in your face? I'm not. I'm rolling out the red carpet. 
No, you go. The right hand of fellowship. No, you go. Let me give you the left foot of fellowship. (laughs) (laughs) Out of the studio. (laughs) How about that? Since we fellowship, you so quick. Since we're since we're fellowshipping. How do you have this stuff on deck? <laughs> since we were in no. a fellowshipping mood, Walker, we can switch it up. We can switch it up. I've got. I've said everything I need to say. Sure. No. <laughs> Yikes. Um. Russell and Sierra. Russell Wilson and Sierra. They have contributed $35,000 to the student middle school students of Denny International Middle School. Now, this contribution allows the students to receive a savings account with at least $40 in startup funds in their own account. The donation is also is through Russell and Sierra's Why Not You Foundation in conjunction with the NFL uh, Players Association and a financial tech company uh, called Goal Setter for Financial Literacy Month. And that's the whole point of the donation is to teach these kids at a young age the importance of having savings, the important of the importance of being financially literate. And I just want to shout them out. Uh, I just think they're a dope couple anyway. Yes. Um, and I love what they're doing in terms of giving back and teaching kids skills that will go a long way towards them being successful in life. So shout out to Russell Wilson and Sierra. Walker, I'm going to get a little slimy on my shout out. <laughs> Uh, Slim Thug and Gunna. Did you hear about this? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought this was uh, definitely a little little unique, talking about switching things up. So Slim Thug is hot off the release of Slime Language 2, right? Dropped uh, at the time of this recording, it dropped two weeks ago. Great project, if I might add. If you're into, it's not Slim Thug, it's Young Thug. What am I doing? You did say Slim Thug. (laughs) You did say Slim Thug. It's Young Thug. Gee whiz. That was an interesting collaboration, though, Slim Thug and, and, and Gunna. Young, young Thug, please forgive me. Um, so, yes, Young Thug's Slime Language <laughs> album is pretty good, if I might add. But, um, you know, when albums release, these guys tend to celebrate in a matter of different ways. You know, you may go buy some Gucci. You may go buy some Louis, right? You may go throw a party, even in the COVID season. Young Thug and Gunna teamed up, and they went, and they bailed a whole bunch of folks out of jail. Okay. Dude, I thought this was crazy. So um, they went down to Fulton County Jail, had a legal team with them, had bail bondsmen with them, and essentially showed up and was just like, who can we bond out of here today? Don't worry about the money. We got it. Gunna goes on record by saying, you never know what people are going through. People were sitting there for like three and four years who could not post bond. Blessed, we had an opportunity to help those who really needed help. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I wrote it like that in my notes. <laughs> uh, young, young Thug uh, added comments of, this ain't nothing. We will be back for more. So um, we know how the prison system or the jail system can be to people that look like us. Um, we know that we will we'll, we'll be honest. 
depending on the situation, there could be guilty people or not guilty people, but we all have a right to be bonded out at some point. And the reality is a lot of these folks just cannot afford it. So uh, this is a good look for young thug and gunna, and I'm shouting them out on this one. Question. Yeah. <clears throat> now that that's passed. Did some of those people get get bailed out who probably needed to stay in there? I don't. I couldn't find that in the article. Maybe that's where the legal team came in. Hopefully. Hopefully, right? Okay. Just curious. I'm just curious. Does that spoil the bunch, though? Um, no. Thank you. I don't think it spoils a bunch. But I didn't say that it did. I just had a question. Was there anyone in there who you know someone need to be like, no, not him? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Next. I guess I guess not everybody, depending on what you're accused of, gets bond or gets bail or can post bail or have bail available. I don't know. We need to get an attorney on this joint. Yeah. Okay. Player of the week. Mine is local. Birmingham, Alabama. Larry James Black Jr. And Joshua Daniel Powell. These two individuals have stolen money from the church. Okay. What church? The Church of Chicken. Known as Chick-fil-A. I read about this. This is good. How did I? Larry James Black Jr., who's the former director of hospitality, and Daniel Powell, who's the former manager at the local Chick-fil-A in downtown Birmingham at the Five Points West location, allegedly deposited customer payments of approximately in the ballpark over a hundred thousand into their bank accounts. Okay. They've been caught. I mean, of course, because when you take that amount of, amount of money, you gotta lie a little bit. Lies don't start adding up. You get caught. Nevertheless, both men have been charged with the conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Yeah, wire fraud. And Larry, he's also been living uh, living foul for a minute in other areas. He's facing additional charges for bank fraud and misuse of a social security number. Um, both former employees are now facing 20 years maximum for uh, each wire fraud charge. And Larry is also looking at some additional um, uh, time for bank fraud and five years max for using that fake social security number. Listen. Don't steal from the house of the Lord, especially when the house of the Lord serves chicken. Um, I believe that that Chick-fil-A is indeed a church, which is why they're closed on Sundays. It's just not good to steal, period. And uh, hey, maybe Slim Thug and uh, Gunna can come bail them out and pay their pay their bond. So you're not, you're not funny. I'm not funny. No. OK, well. Khaled thinks I am. And, and what did they do, Khaled? Congratulations. You played yourself. I'm taking you to Southwest Ranches, Florida, Walker. I know it's a place you like to visit in the summertime when there's not COVID, but you may go back this summer since you're vax. Um, <laughs> your homeboy, Courtney Wilson, had a great idea. Oh, hold on. Before I go, thanks to Black for the assist on this one. I was struggling finding good content for this. Appreciate you, Black. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so check this out, Walker. 
Courtney Wilson decides, and funny, we're talking about marriage earlier. He decides that he is going to take Shanita Jones down the aisle and marry her at this at this luxurious mansion in Southwest Ranches, Florida. You better come through, Shanita. <laughs> Right. I mean, that'd be pretty heartwarming to know that, you know, your your future husband came I know, through. I know this story. I'm familiar with this one. Continue. Came, came through, secured a mansion for y'all to get married in, right? All seems fine, right? So Courtney shows up one day with another person getting ready to start the uh <laughs> setting up for the wedding. And the owner's there. <laughs> and the owner in this in uh essentially says uh, not on my watch. This is my house. Y'all gets to step in. And what does he do? Calls the police. Come on, Walker, work with me. I so, didn't know who he was, but go ahead. He is in the owner. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Good. Good point. So uh, this this situation is re- really embarrassing because I, I know Courtney's got to go back to Sharita and be like, "Hey, you know that wedding? I, is it ain't happening?" But check this out. This this web is very tangled. <laughs> Let me take you back, Walker. To uh, a year ago, all right. Courtney came into Southwest Ranches. This very same mansion had an open house because it was for sale, and he posed as a interested buyer, right? So he gets to tour the whole place, yada yada yada, and he goes on to tell the owner when he was apprehended that God said this is where they were supposed to get married, right? So I thought this was pretty interesting because this story had roots <laughs> and this had been conjured up. Uh-huh. And as as big as a proponent as I am for like taking your faith to the extreme, <laughs> you still got to operate within reason, Courtney. <laughs> this is somebody's house. Nobody's coming in my house to get married without me knowing about it. So, um, Courtney, this is idiotic behavior. And I got a sound bite for that. You idiots! Let's hope they get married somewhere else and it's not a business partnership. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the latest episode. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe, follow us on whatever streaming platform you're listening to this podcast on. Please go out and follow us on social media. You can find us in two places. We are at the THA tipping point one word on Instagram as well as Twitter. You can also go and find us on YouTube where we have posted videos of our past episodes. Please do that. Subscribe to our page as well. We would greatly appreciate it. And with that, let's get out of here. Hit my hit my music. Eh? Oh, I'm tripping, bro. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Go in peace. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. We pray you have a productive week as well. And as always, I am Caesar Walker. The guy across from me on this table is Ronnie Gatry. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.